Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, folks, we're going to open up this conference with uh, front row left, Dave Biddle, 24-7 Sports. Hi, Ryan. Um, I know you love when we ask you about injuries, but what's the update with uh, Jackson and uh, Jordan? <laughs> Funny you ask. Um, we, you know, coming off of the bye week, uh, we got a lot of guys rest and then went on the field a little bit yesterday. We've got a big practice today. So right now we're not going to give any, any uh, injury updates. But then as we get closer to the end of the week, we'll have a better idea. Uh, third row left, Dan Hope, 11 Warriors. Ryan, I think Iowa's defense is ranked third in the country and points allowed per game. So yeah. How much do you do this as a measuring stick kind of game for Beyond? No, I think they, they're very good. Um, you know, been been working hard um, and, and, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how to attack them. But they're, they're very good in what they do. And, um, you know, just the minute you think that, um, you know, they're not going to change it up, they do. And very well coached. So, um, you know, there's a reason why they're ranked so high in, in year in and year out. They're one of the better defenses in the country. They do a great job. And so this will be a, a, certainly a challenge for the offense. Uh, fourth row middle, Andy Andrews, Buckeye Sports Bulletin. Uh, yes, Coach. I know this has been revisited several times already, but obviously before the season you called for a top 10 defense. Right now, 10th nationally in scoring, 5th in yards per game, 7th in pass, 9th in rush defense. Um, is there any added sense of security, I guess, that maybe, at least statistically, the defense is kind of living up to that expectation you set? I think we've made some progress, but um, you know, the goal is to be the best in the country at everything we do. So I don't think that that's, that was anything um, you know out of school. I, I think it's just the way that we approach our uh, our work here and um, there's been really good things but that was the first half of the season now we're on to the second half of the season and uh, second half of the season started yesterday with getting out in the field so um, nothing we've done in the past matters anymore all that matters is what we're doing moving forward and uh, the challenges are only going to be harder but uh, there's been some good things but certainly a lot more uh, bigger challenges ahead Ryan last week Going into the bye you mentioned how good you thought CJ had done with his movement and getting outside the pocket. In this, the offseason, was that something that you talked to him that you wanted to see him improve? Was that something he dissected himself in his own game um, and took that upon himself to get better at? I think it, it all started in the weight room with uh, with the work that he put in with Mick and, and everybody there, just getting stronger, faster, more powerful. Um, you know, and so because of that, that's allowing him opportunities to do more, um, you know, things outside the pocket than he's done in the past. So, um, you know, I think his body changed in the off season and that, um, he just put in a, a really good off season. So I think that's really where it all came from. Uh, right behind him, Spencer Holbrook, Ryan, did you see what you needed to see you guys as a staff from the corners this week to, to make you think that some of those issues you guys had popped up and been corrected? Or maybe yeah, I think they've been working hard. I think, uh, they've, been um you know working hard at practice i think they understand where they need to get better uh, we'll find out more on saturdays that's the ultimate test but the preparation's there i think the attention's there i think the work's there um and that's the way it is for all of us uh far right over here Dom Ferry, coach overall you said you want to get back to the basics during the bye just give us an idea of how uh, what 
progress you feel like made. Yeah, I think it, it allows us the opportunity to take uh, take a step back and look at where we're at um, and like rebite on things, just little things like how we meet, <clears throat> how we go out to practice, how we stretch, how we go through our individual drills, identify our techniques and fundamentals that we need to get better at because what happens you know, six games in, you start to focus a little bit more on scheme. So um, I think we did a good job of that. But again, you know, the emphasis uh, this week will be uh, on Iowa, but we still will be hammering the, the fundamentals and techniques because that's what Iowa does such a great job with. You know, I think that they're very, very good with their pad level, great with their hands. They understand their offense and defense better than you. That's that's their goal. You can tell that. And they play good complementary football. So uh, hopefully this off week has allowed us to rebite in that area. As good as they are on D, they're dead last in uh, total offense. Is there anything that needs to be said about 238 yards a game? Uh, how do you not be complacent about that? Well, I think you know their their style is similar to some of the teams we played, where you know they want to control the game. Um, you know they're not looking or interested in, in you know scoring a million points or getting a, a ton of yards. They want to just win the game. Um, and that's that's their focus. And you can tell that they're complimentary and they've done that for a long time. And it's a winning uh, recipe. So, um, you know, we're not going to look too far into that and just, um, you know, make sure that we're identifying how to go win the game. Uh, right. Austin Ward, rivals, 97.1. Right. Hypothetically, if Jackson can come back on Saturday, what does that mean for the rest of that unit? It's a lot different than when he got hurt with more experience for Mecca and Marvin and Julian's healthy. Like, I know that's a good problem to have, but. What do you think that would mean to the rest of that? How have you thought about that? Yeah, I, I think it, it allows us more depth there. Um, it takes some some stress off the other guys, which uh, they've taken on a lot in these these first six games. You know, I think if you uh, you know seven weeks ago said here's what's going to happen, you know, you would have realized that's that's a uh, you know pretty heavy burden for those guys. You know, special teams, a lot of reps at their position, um, and I think they've they've done well and benefited from that. I think we all have, but uh, getting him back certainly would take some stress off of them and. You know, and, and I think, you know, then we'll we'll be at full strength. Just to follow up, Jackson would still be a starter for your team then? Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> good use of the follow-up. <laughs> That's what it says to them. Right next door, Tim May, Letterman Row on three. Oh, yeah, one and done. Uh, Ryan, when, go, go back to what you just talked about a second ago or a minute ago. When would you remember coming up with the, the idea or – that you're going to try to score as many points as you can, gain as many yards as you can, et cetera. Do you remember an influence that came along in your either your playing career, coaching career, that told you that's the way to go? Um, I, I think, yeah, when I played in, um, you know, at the University of New Hampshire and, and uh, you know, Chip Kelly was my coordinator, and we were kind of, um, you know, at the beginning stages of the no huddle and going fast. And, you know, we did. We want to put a lot of stress on the defense, and it's changed so much since then. But – um, yeah, I mean, we wanted to get, you know, defenses to defend the entire field, you know, horizontally and vertically um, and find ways to stress out the defense. And at the time, it was going fast, whether uh, guys not getting the calls in fast enough, uh, maybe not physically in enough shape to handle it for four quarters. You know, at that time, it was it was very different. I think now um, it's changed as well. But the number one goal is to put as much stress on the defense as you can. You know, don't make it easy on them. Make it easy on yourself and allow the guys to play fast. Yep. Uh, right next door, Joey Kaufman, Columbus Dispatch. Ryan, when you talked with Steel Chambers a year ago about switching to linebacker, 
how is he sort of what did you envision for him making that switch did you think he could be starter second leading tackler on the team just what was kind of your overall expectation yeah, i didn't have a lot of expectations but um if you had said that this is what's going to happen then obviously that would have been a success because uh, where he came from playing playing running back and to where he's at now with his production uh, has been excellent but we also now are counting on him to be a starter for us and um you know he is a starter for us and he's had really good production so um you know between he and tommy i think they're both playing at a high level you know and we're going to need those guys if we're going to reach our goals right behind him doug lamarice cleveland.com ryan i want to ask you about the punt i know it changes based on weather and field position and how good the opposing defense is but just like generally speaking do you can you end a drive with a punt and have it be successful? Do you hate punts? Like you guys right. last year, I think, were, were last in the country and how often do you punt it? What's your view of it? Well, I think it depends on the game that you're in. If you're in a, a matchup game, um, you know, back and forth, uh, low-scoring field position game, then absolutely. You know, you could be backed up on the five-yard line. Our number one goal is to get two first downs and get that thing towards midfield and then allow our, punt, our punter to get on the field and our punt team to get out there to change and, and flip the field. I think you saw us do that a little bit in the Notre Dame game. Uh, but there's other games where it's kind of back and forth and, you know, you really can't afford to punt because, you know, the scores are coming fast and furious. Um, so I think a, a big part of it, like when you talk about analytics, I think that comes into play. But also there's just a feel for how your team's doing, the, the way the game's flowing. And, you know, it, the, the punt can be a huge weapon for you. Um, I, I think, you know, when you can – pooch and you know the ball's about at midfield and you can get that thing inside the 10 yard line and then force a team to go all the way down the field um that's that's really important in close games as well so i know those games are coming here and we're gonna have to do a great job in the punt team we'll go far right adam king wbns 10 tv so it's easy for us to look at this offense and say there's nothing wrong with it it's scoring at will but now that you've had the bye week a chance to look back What's going to be the one thing that you need to change that this offense needs to change moving forward? I mean, there's more than one. There's a whole bunch um, that we got to get better at. And I think our guys know that. I think that's why they come in hungry every day to get better. Um, you know, we know the issues are there. Um, and we have to identify those and uh, be introspective enough to recognize those and get them fixed uh, after a game, even if we've had a lot of success. So, um, and then the other thing is just staying disciplined enough not to think that, you know, you've arrived or that you have a really good offense. You know, it doesn't, doesn't mean anything going into this game. You know, we've got to bring it every single week, and that's why practice is so critically important. Taking pride in your execution, playing with great pad level, understanding how important the ball is, uh, playing really good in situational football. I mean, all these things don't just happen because uh, we've done it in the past or that we have good players or, uh, or whatever. You know, we have to bring it every single week, and that's the competitive stamina that we've been talking about, and we're going to have to do it again on Saturday. Ryan, when you do get everybody back full strength, how do you make sure you don't try to force the action or try to get Jackson too involved? Or just no, how do you no, make that's sure a great question. Right? You can't get into that. You just can't. It's the same thing we talked about uh, with CJ early in the year. Um, you know, if you start worrying about that, you put yourself at risk of getting beat, and we can't do that. So uh, it'll happen naturally. We just got to go out and play, and we can't focus on or have expectations uh, or focus on the number of, you know, touches, the number of runs, the number of throws, the number of catches. Those things we have to take what the defense is giving us, and if that means they're playing a two-shell and we got to run it, or if they're coming coming down with an extra guy in the box, we got to take a one-on-one -on -one shot, then, then that's what – that's what uh, requires us to do. We will. And, you know, if one guy's getting double teamed, he's getting double teamed. The ball's got to go somewhere else. We've seen that before. So, um, no, that's one thing we have to make sure we guard, guard from. Uh, second row middle, Nathan Baird, Cleveland.com. 
you mentioned earlier um, the teams like Iowa and the kind of the style that they play and the way they approach things, but you're going to see some teams later this season that aren't satisfied with, with that kind of style of play. They're going to push your action a lot more. So how is that affecting how you guys are approaching practice scenarios right now, the good on good? Are you ramping that up at all as you look at the teams you are playing and the teams that you hope to play? I think that's the balance you look for in the bye week is, you know, what's coming ahead and then they're making sure you focus on beating Iowa. And and now uh, after we come off the bye week, the, all the focus is on Iowa. But last week we did talk about some of those things and try to uh, forecast what's coming ahead. Uh, front row middle, Bill Rabinowitz, Columbus Dispatch. Uh, Ryan, it's, it's not just that Iowa's defense doesn't allow a lot of points or, or yards. They, they're very opportunistic. Yeah. How is that going to shape the game plan? You're obviously an aggressive offense, but you know that they rely on their defense for some of their offense. That's it. Yeah, and they, they force you to execute the thing all the way down the field and uh, get their hands on a lot of balls. And, and, uh, and we know I've been there before. So uh, and seen it against these guys live and in color. So uh, it's something we got to talk to our offense about, make sure they understand how important the ball is here. And, uh, and then just do a really good job and recognize that they're a very good defense that, um, like you said, is going to keep it in front of them. They know their defense. They, they know how to tackle really, really well. And anytime you're going against that style of a defense, then they're going to create turnovers. So, you know, we have to do a better job. And I think, again, they, they, you know, feel like, you know, they know their defense better than you know your offense and vice versa. And, and anytime that's the case, you know, you have to do a great job of being detailed yourself and be really clean with the game plan. Far left, Justin Holbrook. Uh, WCMH, Paris uh, Johnson was named a finalist for the uh, Merit Award for the Armed Forces on the field, doing pretty well. Just the balance of seeing him and his character develop over the years and continue to play well on the field and also contribute offensively. Yeah, he's always been well-rounded. Um, his mom, Monica, has done an unbelievable job raising him. And uh, Paris has a really good balance of football and life. Uh, he's done a lot. He has a foundation. Um, and he's done very well in the field, like you said. So uh, we saw that in recruiting. And I think that's where he saw the culture here at Ohio State and recognized what the culture was here and, um, and recognized what Ohio State could do for him. But also we recognized early on what Paris Johnson could do for Ohio State. So I think it's been a great marriage. And, uh, you know, in three short years, he's made a he's made a major impact here. Uh, second row left, uh, Stephen Means, Cleveland.com. You're in a bye week. You can't be everywhere, obviously, when you're going out and recruiting guys. Uh, when you're deciding where you're going to be at as the head coach on a Friday night, watching the kid play high school football, how does that, how do you come to that decision in your head? Does it depend on the type of recruit, maybe who maybe needs more assistance? Just kind of walk us through that process. Yeah, just rely on the assistants and, and rely on Mark and take their advice on, on what, um, you know, what priorities need to uh, be addressed. Um, some guys had already been seen. You're only allowed one, one evaluation here in the fall. So you know, there's only a list, certain list of guys that we actually could go out and see here this past week and it went out on a Monday and Friday um, and just try to take their advice and make the best decision on, you know, the best use of your time. But, uh, but it was good to get everybody on the road and be around, um, you know, some great football on a Friday night. Fourth row middle, Pat Murphy, 24 seven sports. Ryan, in addition to injuries and, and things, we talked last week about momentum from carrying it over. How do you feel like that happened with the off weekend, especially getting back to practice yesterday and building on what you did the first half? I think the energy has been really good. I think our guys have, um, you know, just had a lot of juice about them, even in the off week. Sometimes you feel a lull during that time. I don't, I don't feel like that at all, but it's great to get them back. I think a couple of days away, re-energize them even more, though, coming back into the Woody uh, yesterday. Um, second row right, Bill Landis, Rivals. Right, you talked a lot about um, having to accentuate different parts of the offense, just being down guys and building up strength in, in different areas. When you all get back to full strength and you have your full complement of, of playmakers, does that stuff you've built up remain part of the plan? Does it get 
put on the back burner in place of the stuff you had in mind coming into the season? Just how do you, how do you balance all that, which everybody back? I just think it's, it's, you have an, uh, an option of different things now that maybe you didn't have before, but really almost every game plan, what we're trying to do is identify the things that we think of as the best chance to move the football and, and score and win the game. So uh, rarely do we say, okay, we've done this in the past. No matter what we're seeing on defense, this is what we're going to run. We don't really look at it like that. Okay, what do they do and how can we attack them? And then here are the tools that we've, that we have in, you know, in our arsenal, but also, um, you know, what have we done in the past that we can draw upon? See, it's hard to put in something, you know, brand new that you haven't worked over and over again, work all the kinks out, uh, execute at a high level, but things that you've done that fit in that game plan, certainly you take those out and put them into the game plan and figure out how to dress them up. Did I miss anybody there in that first round? One other question. Uh, uh, deep, uh, Jeremy Birmingham rivals. Ryan, on a weekend like this one, we do have a chance to watch other teams around the country. Do you feel better about where you are positioned right now with this current group, or do you find other issues that all of a sudden could be something you have to pay attention to as you try to project the rest of the season? Not both. I think we, we talked about it uh, as a team yesterday, just you know, when you're able to sit back and look to see what's going on out there. Um, it just gives you some some idea of, of you know what's coming ahead. But, you know, I think it was at three – I think at least three of the top 10 teams in the country lost this past weekend. So that's the whole, uh, you know, emphasis of competitive stamina. You got to bring it every single week. And, um, you know, we know the challenges uh, ahead are, are bigger, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was good to get, you know, spend a few hours watching some other teams and seeing where they're at. We're going to go far left, Jared Smalley, WCMH. Well, Brian, following up on that, you, you've told us a number of times how you like to go home and watch games with the family, order food, have the big evening. You had that opportunity Saturday with some of the best games of the season. What did you watch? How did you watch it? Like, how how intense was that to watch it? Yeah, we had a couple TVs going, and uh, we started off in the morning and then actually in the evening doing some family things. But during the day, um, we had uh, the, the TVs going, and we were watching multiple games as many times as we could flip from game to game. We were doing that just to see what was going on. But uh, but it was great to see, you know, some, some really good football on Saturday. All right, that was uh... – 21 questions in 17 minutes. We're going to go on to uh, round two. Uh, We're still going, okay. Did you and Jim Knowles ever had a talk about um, whether this was like a destination job for him when you hired him? Because I've seen a lot of fans wonder, like they love the hiring of Jim Knowles, but they're like, is this going to be another Jeff Halfley situation? It feels different. Um, just did you guys talk about that at all? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think um, – Jim, in the process, really um, had an affinity to Columbus, had some friends here. Um, you know, he, he's, he's a Philly guy, so he liked having the city feel. And, and um, so, you know, the goal was to keep him here as long as we could. Um, but, you know, that is a challenge in today's day and age. You see that across the country everywhere, you know, is, is you know, hanging on to staff and, and you know, trying to do the best we can. But <clears throat> the good news is, you know, um, I, you know, we're able to go get, you know, who we felt was the best fit here. It wasn't just – um, just a name and, and obviously Gene allowed us to do that. And so, um, you know, I think if you just try to go look at a list and go pay a bunch of money to the highest guy, um, then, you know, they're, they're going to come in for the money or whatever. In this situation, it was the right fit on our end. It was the right fit on his end. So anytime we do that, we try to project the best we can. So that he's here for a while. So we have stability. This is probably a better question for him. Do you get the feeling I mean, he's been a head coach before? Do you get the feeling he's content being the deep coordinator at Ohio State for as long as you want him here? Yeah, I do. I think that he enjoys being a coordinator. I think he loves the X and O's of it and uh, enjoys the interaction every day with the staff. And 
uh, seems to really enjoy it here at Ohio State. Uh, right behind him, Stephen Means, Cleveland.com. It's one thing to tell recruits what they should expect to see from a defense when you're bringing in a, basically a brand new staff outside of, L, of Coach J. When you guys got a chance to, you know, sit and talk with guys so we can evaluate them, just get on the phone with guys this past weekend. Did you feel like there was a lot of positive feedback on what they've seen through these first four, six weeks? Yeah, I think everything we talked about in recruiting leading up to the season, now they're seeing, uh, which is which is great because what we said was going to happen has happened and it's happening and we got to keep going on that. <clears throat> but I think the recruits now have seen it and they're excited about that and they want to jump on board. Uh, front row middle, Bill Rabinowitz, Columbus Dispatch. Yeah, I know you uh... – watched Ohio State's or Iowa's uh, defense more than their offense, but I want to get your impression of, of Luke Lachey, who obviously, you know, you know who he is. Uh, there was interest here. What are your impressions of him and, and uh, anything you want to say about him? Well, no, I've I been watching his career closely and I've and, uh, been very impressed with how he's played and uh, he's made a lot of plays. He's, um, you know, for tight ends, you know, there, there's a lot of job responsibilities and descriptions and and he does them all very very well and <clears throat> Iowa does an unbelievable job of developing their players but over the years have developed some really good tight ends and, and he's kind of the next one in line and um, you know knowing him and knowing his family just proud of the way he's played. Uh, third row left Dan Hope 11 Warriors. Ryan you guys have scored every time you've been in a red zone this year touchdowns on all but two of those trips just what do you think has been the keys to your guys success in the red zone? I think we've had good balance. I think we've been on the run the football down there when we needed to, uh, but also we've thrown the ball uh, well, and that's going to be important as we head into the second half of the season. You know, just because we've done it uh, leading up to this point doesn't mean it's going to happen again. So uh, we've got to continue to run the ball down there with good scheme, understand that, take care of the football, and then execute in the red area, throwing the game at a high level because, you know, rarely is somebody wide open in the red zone. You know, usually those things are covered, and, and you've seen that so far this year. You know, a lot of contested throws and catches down there. That's that's living in the red zone, but but also getting getting big down there and getting strong and being powerful. Front row right, Austin Ward, rivals, 97.1 the fan. Ryan, have you all sent any post-game reviews or comments, questions to the Big Ten offense about holding and your defensive linemen? Uh, yeah, we um, um, every week we have, you know, back and forth. Bill Carolla does an unbelievable job of communicating with us and – um, you know, there's some some penalties that, you know, you can go back and forth on and, and they try to do the best they can. Um, but certainly that one's tough and pass interference is difficult and, and those type of things. And so we'll send them in to get clarification. Um, but but then there's other ones that, you know, uh, hit a little bit closer to home that we try to have better clarity on. But um, I've just been impressed, though, with everybody's communication on the field and also their communication during the week when we send stuff in getting back from the conference office. Uh, next door, Tim May, Rival. Tim May, Letterman Rome, on three. Yeah, thank you very much. Hey, um, that took up a lot of time. Uh, Ryan, it, explain to people what makes Iowa so good on defense. I mean, what what is their what is their scheme in a nutshell? So yep. people can can understand why this is such a tough lot to pick. Yeah, they um, <clears throat> first off they played good complementary football on both sides of the ball. I think that's the number one thing. The second thing is they're well coached with their fundamentals in terms of their pad level, hand placement. Uh, they play in a four down scheme. Uh, they don't do a ton, but when they do change it up, uh, it's very, very effective. Um, they know the things that are going to, how they're going to get attacked. And they have uh, years and years and years of teams game planning them. So they know the, the slight adjustments they need to make in order to stop what's going on. And I think it all starts from the coordinator and comes down to the type of players that they have. They're tough. They're accountable. They understand the scheme really well. Second row middle, Nathan Barrett, Cleveland.com. This is sort of a correlated one I asked before, I suppose, but what are you seeing from 
Jim Knowles that is maybe unique in terms of how he's keeping the standard high for a defense that maybe isn't facing great challenges right now during the regular season? Yeah, I, you know, that was something that we talked about coming into the season was that, you know, the issues are there d d despite the result and that we have to make sure that we're identifying those. And I think he's doing that. And again, a big part of that is I keep saying it over and over again is, is your your fundamentals and your techniques, your hand placement, your pad level, those types of things, because at the end of the day, you know, you can get an extra guy um, to the ball carrier, to the quarterback and and schematically, that's great. But eventually it's going to come down to one on one. And are we going to win our one on ones? And, uh, and so that always has to be the focus. Cameron Teague Robinson, The Athletic. Ryan, we've talked a lot about players switching positions. What is there a characteristic trait or an IQ thing that makes certain players better at switching positions um, and excelling right away than maybe others? I, I think it starts in high school with multiple sport athletes, um, with players who play on both sides of the ball. Um, I, I think um, guys who play special teams, you know, football players are football players. When guys only play one side of the ball and maybe only play the game of football, it's hard for them to make a transition and do something else when this is all they've ever done. So I think um, the more sports you play, the more positions you play, the more things you do in the football field, the better football player you are. It allows those guys the opportunity to do something like that. Spencer Holbrook, Letterman Row. Brian, everybody in college football, watch what happened in Ann Arbor, then watch what happened in Knoxville. You guys had the week off, though. Is it kind of nice to, to almost be as under the radar as another two team in the country can be right now? And, and do you kind of you know, preach that to your team that you know, there's not a lot of attention paid on you guys right now because there's attention focused elsewhere? It's time to just focus on yourself. Well, our, our message always is to focus on us, as you know, but. Um, you know, we have to make sure good, bad, or, you know, not, not much when things are being said or not said, like that has nothing to do with what we're doing on a daily basis. And <clears throat> I think our guys uh, have a good feel for that because, um, you know, we're Ohio State. Everyone knows who Ohio State is. Um, and there's a reason why it's Ohio against the world for years, you know, and, and we understand that. So we have an unbelievable fan base. Uh, Buckeye Nation's unbelievable supportive. They love the Buckeyes, so they get a lot of attention. And nationally, uh, we get a lot of attention. So um, one of the things that we have to do is figure out a way to block out all the noise, good or bad. Or you know, So um, that's not a focus for our players. But um, you know, as things move on during the season, you know, those, the noise gets louder and louder. So that message has to be stronger and stronger. Yeah, at the wall, Jeremy Birmingham Rivals. It feels like a... Lifetime ago, but you were on the staff in 2017. Kevin was, Tony was, Brian was. How much recollection is there of what happened against Iowa in 2017? And was that, as you look back on it, is it game plan? Is it execution? What was it about that day that caused it to go the way it did in your perspective? And how do you feel it relates to this weekend? That's a scar that doesn't go away. Um, and yeah, I've, I've, I've felt it this week for sure. Um, you know, that, that week in particular, who was coming off the Penn State win, which is an emotional win, going into Kinnick, which is a very difficult place to play. And we turned the ball over. At that, you know, first play of the game was a pick six. I think it was the first play of the game. And then we fought ourselves back, but then turned the ball over too many times. And, uh, and you know, took a tough – that was a tough day for all of us. So, yeah, anytime you have a scar like that, it's real. And, uh, we, you know, we've talked about it a lot to our staff. We talked a lot about it to our players. We've talked a lot about um, – 
you know, as an offensive staff, and we'll continue to talk about it. Uh, this this team, um, you know, it was always difficult to beat. Doesn't matter what year it was, and or what year it is, and, and that year was was no different than it is this year. Uh, we'll go far right. Adam King, WBNS Ten TV. Uh, you've now seen college football with NIL, without NIL. Have you noticed any changes in athletes now that it's really taken effect here? You're six weeks into the season. How do you kind of balance that, knowing you can't really have a say in it, but also athletes now have photo shoots that they're doing different things throughout the week? Uh, it's just changed. You know, the landscape's changed. And, you know, we try to do the best we can to communicate it. I think our guys are handling it better than most. I mean, I, it's not always easy. There's different things. But at the end of the day, you know, that's why we recruit great people. And uh, I think they've handled it very well. But uh, to say that it hasn't changed a little bit, it has. Um, now, our guys who have been recruited here who are in the program weren't really recruited uh, with NIL being something that uh, was a thing during uh, the recruiting process. Now that these guys are in high school, they're seeing what's going on at different programs. So that's that's a change, but um, I think our guys have handled it very well. Uh, Ray from Clay Hall to ESYX. No? Okay, good. good. i got time for a couple more. Uh, second row right. <laughs> DougLeanGreece, Cleveland.com. Ryan, you were talking about offenses stressing defenses. Yeah. Right? You're trying to win on the scoreboard however you have to do it. But what do you see when you have an offense that can stress a defense, whether it's how they have to prepare that week or maybe they have to take more risks on offense? What What do you think it does to an opponent when your offense has that capability? Yeah, I, I think it does, you know, being on the other side of the ball, you know, during, you know, my career as a coach, you know, you do feel that. And, um, you know, when that other side is, is, is clicking and, you know, it kind of can put some stress on the other side of the ball, just like vice versa, you know. Um, you know, if, if, you know, we're not doing well, but the defense is, or maybe the defense is struggling and, you know, you feel that it just is part of the game. And so, yeah, anytime that, um, you know, we can put stress on the other team, that's what we're trying to do. And right in front of them, uh, Joey Kaufman, Columbus Dispatch. Right, when you talk about Iowa's defense being fundamentally sound, in particular, they seem really good at preventing big plays, explosives. Yeah. They're the only team in the country that hasn't allowed a play 40 yards or more. What makes them good at limiting those? Again, I think they know how to keep that ball in front of them, but they challenge things and they know how you're trying to attack them. You know, they just, they have a really good scheme in place and, and have the answers. Um, they tackle very well. They understand how they fit into the scheme. They have guys with experience over there. Um, I think anytime you have all of those things and you're not too complicated, then, you know, you can identify how teams are going to, going to come after you and rarely are they out of position. So very sound, <clears throat> very few MAs and uh, very well coached. All right. Thanks, guys. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.